0: Good morning, and welcome to Art for Living. Uh, this is your host today, Jane Cormier, and uh, we want to welcome you to another wonderful uh, program that we're going to offer. And we have a very special guest today for Art for Living, and his name is Tony Varga. And Tony is uh, um, from—he he coordinates the music therapy um, part of Concord Community Music School. And I'm so thrilled, Tony, that you're with us today. You know, thanks for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's a pleasure. You know, um, we had – we're just starting up Artful Living uh, again, and we sort of had a hiatus of about a year, and our whole – the whole reason for being is to try to connect the community with regards to wellness and arts and how those things work together. So uh, my initial thought was to have Catherine Southworth on today because she's, a, she's sort of been with us a couple of times and she knows, you know, what we talk about and all the fun stuff. But um, then she brought up the fact that, you know, that there's this wonderful program at the music school, and I thought, wow, that'd be great. Let's talk about that. So um, on virtually no time at all, you came in, and uh, no notice <laughs> at all. So thank you so much for that. I'm
1: very pleased to be here.
0: Oh, we, we love it. And you know what? I have to say, I think that a lot of our listeners maybe have heard about um, what we're going to discuss today, music therapy, but maybe don't really understand mm-hmm. or know what the components of that are. Sure. So I would love to just jump right into that, um, that topic.
1: Okay. Well, music therapy is a, a branch of expressive arts that uses music as the vehicle for being able to promote wellness and um, promote um, enhanced living and, and daily uh, activities of living. And the way it does that is music inherently, It's research has shown that music is inherently connected neurologically. And it has a very, very unique place in the human experience um there have been instances where uh tra- trauma patients have lost speech or lost um sight or other other senses but or even like language but music has been able to still be uh, a conduit to be able to have an expression and reception of their their own thoughts their preferences their um Imagination is is still a very open conduit for communication. Mm -hmm. And so in that, music therapy uh, has arrived on on the scene as early as probably about the 1940s or so. Um, The War Department at the time was using it to be able to help treat returning GIs who who had what we recognize now as PTSD. Back then they used to call it shell shock or whatnot. But they they realized that having the um, the GIs listen to music that they were able to kind of self-regulate from that disassociation that they Mm -hmm. were feeling. So, in 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 a, a rather long winded answer to your question, music is music therapy is a way for us to be able to utilize music and make that that inherent organic connection Mm -hmm. where other types of communication and expression may be damaged. Mm -hmm. So the music actually is the medicine, so to speak. I often think Mm -hmm. of that that as myself. um, If I were an MD, I would be prescribing pharmaceuticals. In this case, I'm prescribing music. Right. And as a way of being able to to help a, a client or a patient achieve some goal. I'm, I,
0: I can't imagine um, being a musician, what my life would have been without music in it. And I think that the, the normal human being doesn't understand how great an, impart, you know, an important thing that would be for folks to, to have, especially if maybe some other part of the sense was or has been you know, changed, that music really can reach across.
1: It can. And it
0: can. connect that.
1: It can, because music is un- unlike a lot of other um, sensory um, perceptions that we have that reside in sp- specific centers in the brain. Mm-hmm. Music actually crosses over many. It does. Because of the idea of having to do visual decoding, how to do auditory processing, how to be able to do the creativity part. Mm-hmm. So it's really a, a whole brain activity.
0: Yes, it is, absolutely. You know, I'm in education and have been for quite a while, and I've always maintained that um, with my littlest kids, my, the littlest students that I might teach, I'm talking about this brain activity mm-hmm. just to bring awareness that what they're experiencing or what we're studying um, has a depth to it that's beyond what you would, you know, it's a pretty song, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, something like that. And and I think it does make, and, and our show today, I think can make a deeper understanding of the importance of um, how music works with with not only our brain but how we can communicate or how we can connect to to others. Um, so, tell me in the Conquer Community Music School, um, what what do you offer for that? What, how does that work in the music school?
1: Generally, we we offer a, a, an array of um, intervention options. Uh, one of the most popular ones are adaptive music lessons and. The difference between that, uh, a person taking an adaptive music lesson with me as a music therapist as opposed to taking a lesson say with a regular piano teacher or guitar teacher is that I would make accommodations that help them become successful and reach their goal that would not normally be part of a regular lesson. course of a, or, of lessons or methods. Mm-hmm. Um, among them is for instance I have have a person I'm working with now that I'm using a number system rather than traditional notation cool. to be able to access and the the playing a piano and what happens is that they are immediately able to access it mm-hmm. so on a therapeutic level then that instantaneous success or quicker rate of success yeah. obviously um, Promotes empowerment, gives them a self, of self agency, mm-hmm. and also being able to have that immediate success now gives them a a, a sense of hope. Oh, of course, that rather than the struggling of uh, the, the traditional notation programs right. that, that we have where we, we end up having to take a long time, the learning curve go, is quite steep yes. to be able to learn how to read music and decode the symbology of it.
0: Yes, and isn't that important really with the arts is to, to feel that immediacy because that's really Absolutely. where a lot of the good thing comes from, you right. know, is, oh boy, I'm getting this and this is really working and then there's excitement and then the learning even gets better. So right. it enhances everything.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it's really it, paramount to stress reduction and anxiety reduction and things of that nature and just feeling like you have a sense of worth sure. which is very important because the majority of people who participate in adaptive music lessons usually have some sort of disability that they're, mm-hmm. they're struggling with sure. or challenged by and so the, the, having that immediacy really promotes that sense of
0: self-value. Absolutely. Oh question for you. So sure. um, you know I haven't ever worked um, in in the, the area of what you're talking, yeah, having been a, a voice teacher for 35 years, right? Um, but let's say that I'm in a voice or let's say a piano lesson might mm-hmm. be a little bit more accessible. Sure. Um, how do you work with the – do you teach the lesson or do you work with another teacher who has that student?
1: I would generally teach the lesson. Okay. Um, again, what what I do is the very first thing is an assessment just to be able to see what is it that this – client wants to achieve. Right. So if the answer is, oh, I want to learn how to play the piano, then I would delve into, well, do you know how to read music? Mm-hmm. Have you ever played the piano before? Do you understand the way a piano is organized? So to get all the, the framework around to see where, where is my access point. Mm-hmm. So in, in the case of the individual I was mentioning before, they don't know how to read music really, really like to play Mm -hmm. often by ear. So what I thought that I would do is create a way to be able to have the music preserved so that if they play something on a piano and say, I like that. I need a, to have a way that they can record that down on paper yeah. so it can be reproduced later on. Right. And preserve it. And a traditional notation w- would not be the way to go because they didn't know how to read that. Right. So the, the number system works very well. Cool. I've done um, things also where I've color-coded notes. Oh, I imagine. So that, that's great. Th- that, that, that's, that's very, very good, especially it's, it's appealing for visual learners.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. I've that done, must be awesome.
1: I've done things with shapes. That like every star is a C, every oh square gosh. is a D. You know? How so
0: cool! There
1: are all all sorts of different things that you know that take into account how one's brain processes information mm-hmm. and where their strength is. And I appeal to that part of their their perception and that part of to their wow. processing.
0: How cool! Right. So those must be really effective lessons. Really effective.
1: They, they can be. Oh. Yes, they can. They can be. And and the, the the biggest thing of of all things is just to remember that. I'm there to let things happen, not to make things happen. Right. And so I let the client decide and go at their own pace.
0: We are at WKXL 1450 AM, Artful Living. Jane you're your host here. and We're going to take a little break. And we will be right back with Tony Varga from Concord Community Music School. Welcome back to Artful Living. This is Jane Cormier, your host. And uh, just a reminder to our folks out there that uh, if you're just joining us, you can hear our programs in their entirety at our website, at newhampshiretalkradio.com that has that, that holds all the programming that we do here on WKXL and the uh, amount of programming is increasing uh, daily which is awesome uh, but today really fun uh, fun um, if you're just joining us a fun topic today we're talking about music therapy And uh, specifically, our guest is Tony Varga, and he is from the Concord Community Music School as a music therapy coordinator. And um, in the last segment, we were discussing uh, a little bit about a very basic thing about what music therapy is. And and you were discussing um, lessons and how private lessons can be utilized to um, assist assist people Mm -hmm. who are looking for that kind of therapy. Yes. Tell me, are there classes um, that one can take at the music school on this? If, let's say, somebody was maybe interested in delving into what it is you're doing, not not with a degree or anything, but just to sort of have a class.
1: Well, we, we do offer some experiential programs or larger groups um, that, like... Um, I I don't know specifically off the top of my head because it's not my expertise, but I believe like the Sunflower Singers okay. is one group that um, is a a pickup chorus, so to speak, of people can come in and join for um, if they have special needs, but they like they like to sing and everything. So it's a, right. it's, it's a place where they can belong, cool. and that really promotes a lot of. Uh, socialization cooperation so it, it really strengthens some some very vital life skills mm-hmm. and as, as far as having a a class like say for instance a like a relaxation type class or something like that that mm-hmm. would be linked to music therapy i don't believe that we do offer something like that oh
0: okay I was just wondering that would be a kind of cool
1: it would be you know
0: um little venue you know that you could take if you were interested in seeing how that might you know someone um as someone who's performed and taught um i've certainly read about this stuff but i've never studied it you Mm -hmm. know and i haven't been to a class to see how it might be utilized um but i'm sure it's interesting as i'll get out to see it manifest you know how you use it um so for let's say for the chorus we're talking about sunflower singers are all of the singers there um would they all be looking for a therapeutic uh, for a music therapy or is it a mixed would it, it be mixed I
1: believe it's. I believe it's mixed but I, I don't want to misspeak about this but I I believe it's mixed predominantly with um people who are challenged by a disability or needing uh, having a special needs okay and what happens is uh, often the People, the participants arrive there with their uh, primary caregiver if they need, they have one that they they require one, Mm -hmm. and everyone sits together and sings. Wonderful, Mm wonderful, and
0: I think that's awesome to to have everybody together. Um, in the group, I think mm-hmm. helps everybody. You Absolutely, know, works all the way. Anybody that might be interested in seeing, is you know specifics of what the music school um, offers, can go to your website ccmusicschool.org. That's the Concord Community Music School site, ccmusicschool.org, and uh, check up and see what's on that uh, menu there. It's Absolutely. pretty interesting stuff. So, what is it that brought you to music therapy?
1: It's interesting. I get asked that question quite frequently. Yeah. For For 27 years, I've actually been a um, public school music teacher, and I, I still am today, as a matter you of fact, are. in the pub, in the Concord public schools. Okay. And um, I'm, most of my experience has been being an orchestra director, and I've worked with bands and choruses and other things, but... At some point in my career, I eventually went back to school several times. Acquired a master's, I acquired a doctorate of musical arts. Mm-hmm. And in my my research for my dissertation, I did a lot of um, reading on brain processing because my dissertation was on learning styles and teaching. Mm-hmm. And so it, I I touched a lot of uh, research that has to do with with um, Brain processing and everything, and I ran across a couple books that are uh, v- were very, very, very vital. Um, I assume I'm, I'm allowed to mention. Of titles, course. Right? Okay. Of course. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yes, we uh,
0: want everybody to have resources. Yes. And, yeah. The
1: the uh, two of them are the um, This is Your Brain on Music by uh, David Ledevin. Beautiful. That was a, a a fantastic book, and also Musicophilia by Dr. Oliver Sacks, and both of those books are just full of examples of people who have experienced incredible trauma from accidents and whatnot, and have l- literally lost some of their life capacity of their brain to be able to, to regulate their daily uh, activities of living, and music has been a, a vehicle that has been really, really successful with being able to help them restore that or at least can you give us an example
0: so that the folks know how in deep this can
1: go absolutely a good a good example of this is um what we see happening when people have experienced some sort of trauma or uh disease where they lose the ability to to walk properly this is the the example i'm going to describe is predominantly used like with um Car accident victims and or even like Parkinson's patients, mm-hmm. and so what happens with this is that you will have a music therapist that will be either strumming a guitar or hitting a uh, playing a, a a frame drum or some sort of drum mm-hmm. to a certain metronomic setting, like whether it's um, 80, 80 beats per minute or what what have you, whatever it is that's mm-hmm. predetermined, and the patient will literally go from a shuffle or an unsteady gait to suddenly being able to walk. And that is one of the most powerful examples that I've seen that um, is able to, for the power of music, because what it does is it shows how organically and inherently connected we are to rhythm.
0: So how, I mean, so physiologically, they're obviously picking their foot up and meeting the ground rather than sort of slying and right. What, I mean, briefly, can you tell us how does that connect? I know it's the hemisphere is different, but right. I mean. Um,
1: Besides a hemisphere, a big part of it is the temporal control also happens with the, uh, the vagus nerve. So there's the, the polyvagal theory uh, that happens where we, it detects rhythmic, um, kind of like rhythmic and and um, gait and, and and tempo. like a movement whatnot. almost. Right, yeah. right, right. It's a it's a movement. It's a, like a sensory motor yeah. type of thing. And what ends up happening is that it, it it's it's really quite wild to see how the, how this how somebody who couldn't walk 30 seconds ago now is taking steps. So how do they steps. use
0: that? How do they use it? Like how do they they go in and they find this works? How yep. does that?
1: It's used th- usually in conjunction with a physical therapist who, who is holding on to the, the patient with a gait belt and uh, to help them kind of regulate right. that so that just for safety. Yeah. But what happens is gradually that the, the tempo of the patient's steps and gait is gradually increased to the point so it's almost like a physical therapy that
0: is so cool
1: instead of having the the steps being initiated by the movement of a treadmill it's being accessed internally through Through the the, the patient's own like response neurological response to To the 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 rhythm yeah Mm -hmm.
0: my goodness that is so cool that must be cool to see that go to work oh yes you know because what you know how it works but to actually see that movement and and that the music or the drama the or the or the beat actually facilitates it does that it's that's wild it does wow very cool very cool well i mean so um i you know what i didn't really know that i knew that they used it in a very brief you know kind of vein what's that like very surface yes kind of knowledge but wow that's big so so right now what's the up and coming um news of music therapy. I know it's a, it's a field that has developed, mm-hmm. um, I think, an awful lot in the recent past. I know we, you said that we've had it since the 40s. Yes. I think that's pretty cool that it started as a veteran's assistance kind yes. of thing. I never knew that. But I know that we've been seeing a lot more about music therapy, especially in like end of life Mm-hmm. um you know end of life hospice care sure hospice care right i've been reading a lot like last even five years so it must be a field that just keeps innovating and growing um do you see anything on the horizon that's interesting
1: well i don't know i mean i'm relatively new to the field myself i've only been um a board certified music therapist for two years cool but oh. What I have found though, is that what you had mentioned about like hospice care i had, did a little bit of work in hospice care as part of my um practicum experiences, and it's really very very rewarding work mm. um it really sheds a a fulfilling light on being able to assist the family and assist the the individual mm-hmm. through this very very traumatic difficult time that is is strung out over time it's a different type of 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 trauma as a a severe emotional trauma as things happen Mm
0: -hmm. wow that's really interesting you know what let's we're going to take a little break here but we'll come back and we'll discuss this a little bit more in depth you're with art for living Jane Cormier your host here on WKXL 1450 AM 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester we'll be right back Welcome back. This is Jane Comey, your host for this week, Artful Living se- section. And uh, I wanted to uh, let everybody know that if you're just checking in with us, go to our website, New Hampshire Talk Radio, and you can catch up on anything that you might have missed in our conversation. It's been very enlightening for me. Uh, our guest is Tony Varga, and he is music therapy coordinator at Concord Community Music School. And uh, we've been discussing pretty in depth, some uh, history about music therapy and and uh, what it does and where it came from, and when in our last segment we were discussing a little bit about how music therapy has helped those in hospice, um, which I thought I've seen an awful lot more done with in the past five years or so. Um, so you had mentioned that uh, it can offer an awful lot to the not just even the person the uh, the patient. I would assume that. Um, music can bring everyone together in that kind of a situation.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: what would you suggest if uh, if if I mean, you have a lot of knowledge on music therapy, how do you think that that could benefit um, a patient that's going through end of life journey?
1: One of the most beneficial things that I've seen, which I think is one of the most beautiful applications of it, is through a music therapy legacy project. And often what that will involve, is the music therapist working with the, the patient to be able to assemble a collection of songs <laughs> that were meaningful sure. to them and to their family, um, possibly even some spoken dialogue, mm-hmm. and also to record some, possibly if they're able to, some singing. Yeah. And that is, that is the most spectacular thing because once the person does pass away, the family now has that recording yeah. of this very, very meaningful core of musical identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's as though the, their their identity has never left.
0: Right. They, they can keep that.
1: Right. They can keep that. Can I
0: ask you a question about that? Sure, certainly. We all handle end of, end of life differently. Mm-hmm. That journey, I think, is very individual and, and has a lot to do with where the people involved came from, what their past was. Do you find that people are um, reticent to do this kind of thing because it's almost hyper-personal, you know what I mean? It's almost so uh, intense that I, when you were talking, when you were speaking, and I'm sure it is beautiful and, you know, who knows, right, down the road what happens, it's certainly something I think would be just awesome. To know about and maybe use, right? Certainly. But I can see that there might be family members that would be um, a little reticent to go there, right? So, what do we, you know? How could how can we approach that with those folk?
1: Well, the whole basis of music therapy always is to like like any other wellness is to honor the client. So that before the music therapist actually engaged in a project like that, they would have to have the the buy-in from. The family and from the patient themselves. The patient, because it's it's not necessarily something that we want to do that would cause like a contraindication where we end up sure um, start exacerbating a future anxiety or a, a f- some some other sort of issue that arises. Right. So it would be something that would have to be well coordinated and agreed upon. I see. And often the the, the family in, in situations where I've seen this done, the family often contributes to that as well. So yes. it's a it's like a another opportunity to be able to connect in a long-term way.
0: Right. To unify and, right. and share that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it wouldn't be something that you would put on from the outside. It's it's from the inside right. and then put together. Right.
1: It, it's one of those things that would be offered by the music therapist as a possibility if the family feels that they're they would like to pursue that.
0: So where so how does a person let's say that you know, you're listening today mm-hmm. and uh, you you haven't really heard about any of this and, and you're thinking about maybe that'd be really cool to try to do. Is is this already offered to folks in hospice, or is this something out external folks can look into? How do they do that?
1: It typically is something that um, hospice would probably be able to offer, and what, what they would do for a music therapy uh, project, obviously they would they would need to contact a music therapist because they would have the knowledge to be able to produce something like that. Would
0: the hospice area? with the hospice air? You know that specific entity. Yes. Uh, know to do that like would they be able to say this is what we'll do or you know probably
1: i would imagine that the family probably would suggest that that they would need to contact a music therapist and the hospice agency would then reach out to find one okay if they don't already have one that they work with okay but um there are music therapy um music therapists i should say are in practices that specialize specifically in hospice and that's what they do full-time
0: right Right and I know that there's an I mean I believe that there's even education like in in, in college now that's really focusing on on that in a big way. Right. I'm hearing from a lot of kids that are going into college that that's a huge major right now. Oh, absolutely. So that's grown. Yes. Right? Yes. Is it grown from need or just because people have discovered just how cool it all is you know I
1: think that people are discovering it more it's getting a lot more exposure yeah you know as I, as I said earlier it's been around for quite a long time but oh. few people really know what it is a lot of people think that music therapy is just about playing some music and making <laughs> someone feel cheerful yes but it, it and it looks that way and just like I, I've always said about music education if you do it right, you shouldn't be able to tell that it's not not just superficial like that. Right. Because that means that you're you are facilitating it the correct right. way. Right. You it's know? all part of it. Right. If it looks fun, that means you're doing it right. That's right. And the thing is though, there's a whole another behind the scenes part of of intent with the goals and objectives that the music therapist arrives at to be able to help the client. Right. And also then the clinical um, documentation, which includes assessment right. and then recommendations further, just like any other therapist yeah, would do.
0: Absolutely. And and I guess the whole goal is to try to be as seamless, like you said, as right. you can with it all. exactly, Exactly. Right. So our guest here is Tony Varga from Concord Community Music School, and we're discussing music therapy and um, its uses. And I have to uh, say I was really excited about this because I do believe that although we are hearing more about music therapy, um, I think that there's an awful lot of folks that – don't really know the nuts and bolts of it or what it means or how, you know, how it could benefit them. Um, So I think tons of information here is just awesome. I love that. Um, Let's go to something like Alzheimer's. Um, You know, I know that there's so much discussion today. um, I want to say almost fear Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when you talk to folks today because we're hearing so much about dementia and, and, you know, Alzheimer's and and stuff that I think – Lay folk, you know, regular people are really nervous about even discussing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would assume, and from the little bit I've seen and read, that uh, music therapy can be really, really change the quality of life um, in somebody that's fighting this.
1: Incredibly, yes. The uh, music has, in addition to to its connection neurologically to be able to give a visceral response, it also has an incredible capacity for recalling memories and that that's that's a really really big thing and i i i do some work with memory care patients and a lot of times having a song that again that is meaningful to them that connects them to something although they may not realize what they're having for dinner right in front of them at the time they can instantly connect back to a time where something is very very lucid
0: how come well how does that work
1: well, part of that is because the way um, memory is is stored in our brain, and music is again, since it's it's a whole brain activity, it has its its memories and it, its um, capacity for memory embedded in many many parts of the brain. So even though you may lose the ability to to speak, or lose the ability to be able to see clearly, or even to be able to access long or short-term memories, music is going to be an anchor for that. Mm-hmm. And one of the most primary examples of that is the way we learn our alphabet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a mnemonic device to twinkle, twinkle, a little star. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so we're able to recall that because the music gives us an anchor, something to attach information to. Right. And that's what happens with our memories a lot of times, too, is that we may – it's kind of similar to if we – Um, with other senses if we smell something and you say oh that reminds me of that reminds me of my grandmother's perfume or you know that or this reminds me of you know something else you know whatever but music has that ability to do that too where we can hear a song and say i remember where i was when what i was doing when that song was on
0: absolutely i mean for me even you know every visceral sense is is pinged
1: absolutely when
0: you know through music um Here's a question for you. Sure. The um you you mentioned that of course the music can be an anchor. Um per, parameter of the music, you know, are the uh, rhythm of the music, right? Can can rhyming, can poetry do the same thing? You know, without sound, without, music
1: without the uh, instrumental part, melodies yeah. or anything.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering.
1: I, I imagine I don't I don't know really. I, I I'm I'm not really sure. I imagine it it could.
0: In some ways, probably, but it the could. music probably does go to different sections of the brain just because of the music, you know, and yes. of how we process. Yes, because
1: there's, there's a lot of dimensions to music.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed. it's in, yeah. so interesting. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another little break here, WKXL and Art for Living. Uh, hang on, we're going to come back on the other side with Tony Varga and talk in our final segment and wrap up music therapy at the Concord Community Music School. Jane Cormier here from Artful Living and we welcome you to our episode today which is actually uh, quite quite neat for me as a musician and as an educator I have learned a ton today from Tony Varga at the Concord Community Music School. He is the music therapy coordinator there and we've been discussing all of you know the history to where we are in therapy, how practice um, for music therapy and um Just to tie up a little bit, we had been talking about how uh, music therapy is so important to dementia patients and Alzheimer's and how it can be used to assist them in bringing back memories that perhaps, you know, have long been left behind. Um, I would assume that uh, this kind of therapy would be something that every, um, you know, long-term care or every, every facility should have, tons of time and energy put into. Is that happening in this country?
1: Unfortunately, it isn't. Um, and, and you can probably guess the reason why. I mean, everything everything boils down to um, the, the budget and how much money is able to be invested in things. Mm. And we find that quite frequently, with uh, music therapy part of it is because although it's been around so long it almost seems like it's a new arrival on the the wellness scene as people are just starting now to discover it and starting to realize the potential it has to help right so because it's not fully understood there's a lot of advocacy that we do in um, music therapy to try and promote what it is that we are doing and what um what the benefits are that can be gained. Mm -hmm. um, Which seem to be huge. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) They really, really are. And the fact that it can be accomplished without any kind of external substance, without any pharmaceuticals or anything else, it's really a a natural, holistic way, and it capitalizes on the inherent um, sense of music and the relationship to our human experience,
0: which is really...
1: Really, a wonderful thing.
0: It just seems like it's a no-brainer, to right? Me, <laughs> right, it's a no-brainer. I mean, yes. we want to bring successful therapies that help and don't hinder, or even you know, what's that word? Anesthetize. Right. Um, you know, the folks that are going through what in long care, long care facilities, right? Yes. Um, and to me, my goodness, I mean, I, this would be something. I'd be all over if mm-hmm. – because you're right. The There is so much scientific stuff coming out about this every day. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. It's it's valid and it works and it's there. Right. So it just seems very simple to go over and say, all right, let's get this out there. Let's do this. Sure, sure. Do you see that as possibly happening in the future? Or?
1: I think that it, it depends on um, – depends on the population i mean in the state of new hampshire there aren't very many of us who are practicing as music therapists we do have a a a fair amount of prominent centers that have music therapy but overall compared to like say down in massachusetts which obviously has a a more dense population there are even more Mm -hmm. or you know if you go down to the farther into southern new england into connecticut you'll find that the the because of the Um, density of the population that there are more people doing this kind of work right and so i think that it it would be nice that if if we can actually increase that presence in in new hampshire
0: you know what we're we're an aging population folks (laughs) you know we might not like that so much but the truth is is that is where we are and these these are opportunities that we're having to invest in in our folks in the here and now and in the short-term future Absolutely. Um, that's growing. That population is growing.
1: Absolutely. Um, it, it's worth mentioning too that as as we talk about different populations that music therapy serves, I'm really um, I really feel a special connection to the veteran population as being a veteran myself. Yeah. And I really you know look forward to. We've just actually reached out to the. Uh, New Hampshire Veterans Home up in Tilton. Yes. and we are looking at forging a partnership with them. And I'm really looking forward to being able to work with those uh, ladies. You mean and the Concord
0: Community Music yes. School? Yes, awesome. Yes.
1: So we're we're actually looking at at doing that. Um, so we we are really trying to in- increase our our outreach into the community. Yes. And and serve as many populations as possible. And that has been one of my um, initiatives as being the, the coordinator for music therapy.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. So I assume that there's good information on the site. Do you have stuff on the site about your your doings for music therapy? On the website, yes,
1: we do have we do have some information there on our expressive therapies. In addition cool. to music therapy, we also offer a movement therapy um, program as well. Okay. So we have the 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 dance therapy and movements and everything in addition to music therapy.
0: So what what do you offer, then, specifically for music therapy at the Concord Community School, at the music school?
1: At music therapy, we basically will offer um, individual sessions. We don't have any group sessions per se yet, but that will change Mm -hmm. once we solidify this partnership with the New Hampshire uh, Veterans Home. Cool. And... um, Again, adaptive lessons. We've done songwriting. We've done. Um, I, I've done really interesting projects using digital media of making slideshows and setting to oh, music. Cool. And again, it empowers the the client to be able to have the agency of decision oh, yeah. and be able to choose media that is very meaningful for them to express something that they may not be able to verbalize. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. just because maybe they can't find the right words, you know, even if they do have verbal uh, capacity.
0: Yeah. How powerful, huh? Absolutely. To offer that kind of opportunity for folks that, you know, they need help and anything that can, like you said, the day-to-day change their uh, outlook. You right. know, is that, right. like, hugely important to every human being is to right. feel like there's hope and there's a there's a something that we're going to do tomorrow, right? Right. Great. One that's of the, all great. one of the
1: questions I always ask when I initially uh, phone a potential client uh, for inquiry is, "What can I do to help you?" And that's what
0: do they, they know? <clears throat> even
1: sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. And sometimes they may just say, "Well, I, I just want to learn how to play an instrument." Okay, but from a therapeutic standpoint, I try to make them understand. The difference between what I do and the no difference between what a studio teacher does,
0: right? Or how how
1: right those change exactly? And I find a lot of times that people really do opt for the music therapy just because it's a comfort zone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. there's there they they feel like yeah, the, the
0: less judgment, yeah, or?
1: less judgment, and in, in the the presence of a therapist, that's going to be a gentler experience. Oh. And that's, that, cool. that, that, that's not to uh, diminish anything of my, yeah. my colleagues on the other side. because yeah. they, We certainly have a faculty of wonderful teachers at CCMS. Yeah. But it's just the approach is different because it's not product-driven. Yeah. It's process-driven.
0: Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. But I could see that somebody might think that that's just an easier you know, way to go about right. this new – because let's face it. Folks, whatever you're undertaking, if it's new – it can be stressful. It doesn't mean it's bad, it can be stressful. So yes. I could certainly see that some might, might say that. And hey, there has to be all kinds to teach, right? We right. have to be all kinds of teachers because we have all kinds of students right and it all works absolutely. at the end absolutely very interesting so uh, very quickly um, the website at Conquer Community Music School is CC org and you had quickly mentioned something about dance or movement
1: yes we also have movement therapy um, and there's a, a qualified um, music uh, not music excuse me a dance therapist cool. um, who, who works there all right. and um, she she's absolutely wonderful, has many 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 years of experience mm-hmm. um, doing doing that wonderful. that type of work.
0: That's so cool. Well, the Conquer Community Music School always has some pretty cool programs.
1: They do, yeah, they do. It's it's been I I can honestly say it's been a wonderful addition to my my career.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah I'm I, sure they love I en- having. I you. enjoy being there.
0: <laughs> That's great. That is great. So, um, if you had one wish, Tony, as we're getting ready to tie up here. One wish about um, how we could assist with letting folks know about music therapy. What would it be? Hmm. I know it's a big one. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: that is a big one. I think probably, uh, I think probably just to be able to have more, more presence, more media presence of of music therapy, so that people can see what it is and that and and start to learn and understand what the potential is that mm. it has to be able to help people. And also to understand that it is, it, it is therapy mm-hmm. that it, it is, it, it it's, it's therapy. It's therapeutic. Right. It's therapeutic. <laughs> so it, it would, it would be right now. I feel like people have the, the, the perception of music therapy as it's just, an activity mm-hmm. which would kind of, I, I don't think that psychotherapy would be called just a conversation. Right. Right. That's, exactly. that's kind of the, the same equivalent. Yes, so to be able to find it at its core values, because to be able to, to miss the therapeutic part of it misses a huge intention of, course. of what it's capable of doing and what it is right in and of itself. Right.
0: Absolutely. You know, music, I just had a full day of uh, substitute teaching. Um, for school in Manchester. And it was my first day there, and uh, by itself, it's kind of, I think, very cool that without all the depth that you are talking about, which is, of course, you know, years of study in deep music therapy, um, it's easy to see, though, why music is that conduit. Because mm-hmm. even on a, a, t- a surface level, uh, music allows you to get to kids that you might not have full accessibility if you know how to do it, if you know Absolutely. how to use that, right, to do it. Um, today we, we did a listening class. You had to identify the musical instrument. Okay. And then played bingo with it, right? Oh, nice. Yeah, and of nice. course they had the, they had to have the little gift afterwards, a little prize, because that's like the big thing for middle schoolers, right? Of course. But you know what? Um, there was one specific class that's challenging in behavior, and I was sort of you know, asked to watch out for that when I came in. and I, I'm, I'm old enough that I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, we, we take <laughs> care of that right away and get on with it, right? And uh, I, I realized that in that class, it was the last class of the day, that the music uh, from these beautiful excerpts, mm-hmm. beautifully played excerpts of all these instruments, changed that environment totally um, from what they were used to during the day. Yes. The music did that. I didn't Absolutely. do it. The music did it. That's right. And that's just very cool stuff. Very Absolutely. cool stuff. Tony, thank you so much for coming in today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You've educated me. I've got <laughs> more work to do. Uh, Absolutely. Tony Varga from the uh, Concord Community Music School, music therapy coordinator. Uh, this has been a wonderful uh, episode for Art for Living. If you missed any of it, go back to New Hampshire or New Hampshire NH Talk Radio dot com. And this is Jane Cormier signing off.